0: Romumu.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. So, I want to start by thanking all of those who helped make this high holidays possible. Gratitude is always the first thing. So, the entire staff of Romumu, to our new executive director, Jeffrey Kahn, and to Rabbi Diane Kolar-Esses, and to Rabbi Mira Vera, Reverend Harrison Bregman, Sebastian Kern, Candace Simon, Chantal Atarian, Rachel Colbert-Porsagian. I'm not getting an Oscar. I'm just reading <laughs> Eden Sidney Foster, Miriam Rubin, Ariel Rosen, Inger, and Hazan Basio Schechter, and Rabbi Abby Sasslin, who are in Brooklyn, weaving a magical service for an inaugural High Holiday Services there in Brook. Lynn. <laughs> of course, to Gil and to the incredible AV team that supports the services year round here at Roman Moo. Make it possible for all of us here and those who are listening and watching online to experience the power and the pathos of this rich musical offering. To Laura Wolf, who stepped in to help coordinate and to lead our musicians and our davening leaders, to Nadav, for whom it is your ninth, I think, your ninth high holidays with us and all of the musicians Ariel Corman, and everyone who is here leading Shira and Shoshana and Barbara and Jerry and Daniel Ori whose birthday is tonight. <laughs> it's an honor and a privilege to work with all of you and to also of course to thank the incredibly dynamic and powerful board of directors of Ramamu that have been tirelessly working all of them each and every one of them to make this the best possible community that it can be and they are incredibly important and of course um, the number one priority here at Romelu this coming year is our families and our children's programming and we're so blessed to have Rabbi Shoshana Lees and her entire staff leading that as well tonight is the beginning of a 10-day period known as Shuvah, the ten days of turning known as the 10 days of repentance or repair. Many of us aren't familiar that it's an actual 10-day period, not punctuated only by 3 days, but an entire 10 days of introspection, of reflection, of, of work. And every year, the theme of the High Holidays is awakening. That's not something that Romumu discovered. It wasn't something that Romumu coins. It wasn't part of our branding strategy. Awakening. A new idea. Awakening is at the core of what these days are all about. Awakening. Maimonides in the 12th century said so that when we hear the shofar blowing we say to ourselves, "Uru, uru chem, the awakening the shofar is like the alarm clock. Wake up, wake up. but this year in particular we decided that awakening wasn't sufficient that we needed something else we needed to add awakening within midah we had to add something a quality to the awakening that's happening and so awaken this year is accompanied by a theme that we also didn't make up but it is part and parcel of the high holidays as well but it is truth awaken truth Truth appears in the High Holiday liturgy. It appears just now when we were reading emet. Udvarcha emet vekayam la'ad. Udvarcha emes vekayam la'ad. God is known as the emet. The truth. God's word is true. True, 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 true. Truth is everywhere in Rosh Hashanah. It is such a powerful and important part of the theme of the holiday, and it's also, I think, without exaggeration, an important part of our common ethos at this moment, wherever we go. My son, Orr, who's uh, uh, 27 months old, can't say F. He says S instead of F. So whenever one of the other brothers are faking, he says he's saking. He's saking. And it had me thinking so much when he said fake and sake. I take this S off my chest and say what is it for the sake of this fake of? <laughs> so I want to begin our exploration together of these 10 days of truth with um, bringing my 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 uncle into the room. My uncle Joey, Joseph Ingbert, um, we inaugurated a Rabbinic internship in his honor, and Rabbi Mir Rivera. I'm sorry. And where is Juliet? Juliet Elkin Cruz is our first rabbinic intern, named after my uncle Joe, who um, was someone who dispensed with advice on a kind of on a you know, call me up and just tell me a joke and let me know how I should live my life at any given moment. He was a singer of songs in our family. My father has a beautiful voice, but Uncle Joe, mm, Uncle Joe was the chazan in the family people came from far and wide to hear Joey sing passed away last year at the age of 81 and when I was thinking about the theme of authenticity and truth my uncle's words couldn't help but redound in my head he said, David as you embark on your rabbinic career remember this 99.9% of life is being real being authentic and if you can fake that, you have it made (laughs) you can fake that, you have it made truth we um, we come to this moment with a story that I remember vividly as if it happened yesterday in my family. My parents had gone away for the weekend, and my nana and papa, my grandparents came to visit, and that night I had a nightmare. I went screaming into my grandparents' room, and all they told me that I said was, there's a monster in the closet. I think it was something more like monster closet, monster closet. And they calmed me down. Took a while. And then I'll never forget, my Papa Joe and my Nana Ellie, they walked with me back into my room, and they opened the door. They opened the light, and they said to me, David... Where's the monster? And I had my eyes closed. And I said... And my Nana Ellie said to me, No, 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 look, David, look, 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 it's okay. There's no monster in here. There's no monster in here. One of the most famous legends in our tradition is a legend known as the Golem of Prague, a great rabbi named the Maharal Yehuda Lau in the city of Prague was purported to have created a golem, a kind of creature that was going to protect the Jewish people against any and all enemies this golem was animated only by the words of this great rabbi and he was to protect the people and one of the features of the golem of this creature was that the golem had three letters across his forehead according to the legend the letters emet emet meaning truth on the forehead of this non-speaking being created to defend the people against pogroms and other offenses to give them a sense of power was emblazoned across his forehead the letters in Hebrew emet which means truth Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is purportedly and arguably built upon this great Jewish legend. A creature created by our own hands with strange colors who has great power but can't articulate himself who lives in a guarded house a monster Shelley's Frankenstein the apotheosis of human hubris and agentic steroidical, if that's even a word human agency on steroids human beings creating beyond their capacity, without any sense of limit or limitation. And yet on his forehead, in the golem legend, is truth. Truth. I was 20... young. (laughs) I was going through a really rough period in my life, a period that I described a number of years ago in, in detail a dark period, a period of depression, a period of despair, a period of despondence, a period of, of radical hopelessness, I would say. I'd been working for a while to try to understand the depths of what was taking place. It was a mystery to me. And a friend of mine, a friend who knew me well, a friend, God bless Rabbi Josh Fagelson, wherever he is, I think he's in Israel somewhere, a friend bought me a book by a man named Richard Carson. The name of the book was Taming Your Gremlin. A surprisingly simple way to achieve happiness. Taming Your Gremlin. It had cartoons and it had kind of bolded sentences. It looked silly. It was very very powerful. Taming Your Gremlin by Richard Carson was a guide to opening up the closet and looking to see if there was indeed a monster there. He had three simple directions that we are going to go over tonight, tomorrow, and again and again. I still use them every day, and I guarantee that I will use them for the rest of my life because they are so simple and so powerful. The first thing that Richard Carson taught was that in order to tame our gremlins, we have to simply notice them. Simply noticing... The things that we are afraid of, the ways that we are in the world, our mind, our heart. Simply noticing. Do more about that. The second key to taming your gremlin was playing with options and choosing. Choosing and playing with options. And the third one, the third key, was being in process. Simply noticing. Simply noticing is not so simple. There are generally three areas that we can focus our lamp of awareness. They are very much within our purview in this moment. At any given moment in our lives, we can focus our awareness either on the body, on the mind, or on the world around us without judgment. As you sit here and simply notice yourself, you are either noticing your body with its attendant feelings and sensations, the sensation of hands and skin and clothing and sitting. You might be noticing the sounds from outside. Or you might be noticing thoughts. Is he coming in for a landing? What does this all mean? What are my monsters? What are my gremlins? Those are thoughts. Noticing thoughts, noticing our body, or noticing the world around us. Generally speaking, when we notice and are honest with our experience in any one of those areas, we will be able to tell another here's where my awareness is. Where's your awareness? You're hearing something outside of you. Anybody else have an awareness that they'd like to share? Anybody aware of their body right now? Anybody aware of their thoughts right now? What about if we all brought our awareness to the world around us at this moment? Through your eyes, your ears. And if we are truly attentive, we might notice that as we are aware of the world around us, we actually bring with it a lot of thoughts too. Not only are we aware of people, but we also think a thought about them too. We don't have to come to Rosh Hashanah to experience the day of judgment. Just spend a minute with your own mind. (laughs) The truth of the moment might be okay now that we're in this building. The truth of this moment might not require us to stay with the truth. The truth that we experience in this moment here tonight might not make a demand on us that we avoid deception. And my dear friend, Rabbi Nancy Flamm was sitting in silent retreat with the Romo community a couple of weeks ago up at Isabella Friedman and Nancy told me when I asked her how she was doing she said, I'm with the truth I said, Nancy, what does that mean? She said, you know, David, I lost my father and my mother this year and in my obligation to say the mourners Kaddish daily, to remember them. I keep getting stuck at one word that we usually connect to the next word, but I pause. We say, Yit Gadaldi Kadash may the great name be exalted and glorified. Be Alma di in the Alma in the world that was created. Khir Can you all say that? According to your will, God. Source power beyond us. And we usually read it, In the world that you have created, and let you now be exalted and sovereign, may you, be, may you reign, may you be coronated. She said, I stop whenever I say that, in the world as it is. In the world as it is the truth of what is is the beginning of the journey to tshuva the beginning of the journey to really changing our lives cannot start until things are what they are this radical notion of transformation that in order to change, change comes from not changing it was introduced by Fritz Perls the father of gestalt therapy when he said in a paradoxical way nothing becomes anything until it becomes what it is nothing changes until it becomes what it is the prerequisite for Chuva for changing our lives is not change but truth what is it? What is in the closet? What monster lurks? If the golem story would invite us into any reflection, it is this, that every monster reflects back to us some truth that otherwise we would not know. And that it is within our hands to undo those monsters. If we can look at the truth the prerequisite for tshuva, for changing what is is being able to see what is to see the patterns that we live with how we are the way we are when we are in suffering how we are the way we are when we are small and petty how we are the way we are when we feel pain When we feel lost, when we feel disconnected. Some of the mantras that this coming ten days I hope will invite you to enlist are they're there, sweetheart, it's okay, it's the truth. They're there. Or it's okay, it's just it's good enough, it's the truth. There's nowhere to go, nothing to do, no one to be. Let this high holiday period do you. There's nothing to figure out. Now, don't get me wrong, everyone. I know it's hot in here, so we're coming in for landing. Don't get me wrong. We are going to talk about a lot of things that are happening not only in this body and in this heart and in this mind, but also out in the world beyond. There are many truths that must be spoken and acknowledged. There are many things that are difficult to say that must be said. There are many moments that must be acknowledged, many images that must be seen, many statements and many readings, if these ten days are going to really awaken truth. But let's begin here. Let's begin right here. A number of years ago, a year before the current regime, I spoke from this pulpit about an incredible academic who had written a book called The Future of Nostalgia. Dr. Boim. This Dr. Boim was a genius and she was a particularly known in the academic world with her grappling with two core questions. Can a past that has slipped out of reach be reclaimed by means of nostalgia? And if it can be, should it ever be? She went on to talk about two different kinds of nostalgia. One restorative nostalgia and the other reflective nostalgia. Nostalgia, of course, the word for yearning for home. Nostalgia, yearning for home. And she writes that these two different kinds of nostalgia represent one safe kind of memory and one dangerous kind of memory. The beneficial, the dangerous kind of memory, the restorative nostalgia she wrote years ago, manifests itself in total reconstructions of monuments of the past. They are the stuff of nationalist revivals all over the world, she wrote. They engage in an anti-modern myth-making of history by means of a return to national symbols and myths. They are memory as lie. And then she added, Restorative nostalgia manifests itself in reconstructions... I'm sorry, reflective nostalgia. Excuse me, reflective nostalgia is the constant companion of the emigre, It acknowledges that the past can never be fully recovered, nor should it ever be. It maintains an empathy and a bittersweet consolation. As we turn our attention to our own experience on this day known as Memory Day, Yom Hazikaron. This evening and tomorrow morning and Tuesday and throughout the week between Hashanah and Kippur, we are invited to reflective nostalgia. Not make anything great again. But let's be real. Let's see clearly. We will have moments between bites of food where we can point a lamp of awareness to our bodies to our skin to the boundary between us and the world that allows us to begin happiness right here because it's always an inside job (laughs) as we learn to tame our gremlin over the next 10 days by simply noticing where our awareness is by choosing and playing with options and by being in process we won't have to fake or sake we won't have to imagine that we are doing the Rosh Hashanah that someone else wants us to do we won't have to imagine that we are checking off a box but we can engage our own inner place if we can stay awake we can awaken truth that Frankenstein that Frankenstein is going to come visit us again tomorrow morning we'll have a chance to laugh a little bit about how it is that we work with our patterns Individually, collectively, nationally. There are a lot of things put away in a closet that need to be seen clearly with the light of love and with the lamp of awareness. So this chant that we'll now chant again now, I hope, has a little bit more expansive meaning for all of you, at least it did for me. Emet Truth pause. Atahu Rishon, truth, you are first and you are last and besides you truth we have no liberator we have no president we have no king we have no one but you truth and our pursuit of it may the source of truth bless us with the courage Go looking for those doors and closets that need to be opened and the deep commitment and conviction that once we shed light on these places, healing can begin. So rise if you are able for truth.